was recently talking with a friend of mine on the East Coast, and he uh, works with a guy who was kind of joking at the office about this new dating service that he had found online. It's not exactly your conventional dating service, but rather a dating service for those who are already married. The motto is, life is short, have an affair. Unless you think this is too far out there, this website has millions of users. Millions. Everything being offered to us right now, I think, in the culture is about entertainment, about pleasure, and about the immediate. Nobody has any sense long-term. It's just what happens right now. How am I being fulfilled right now? And it's kind of this built into what I, I call the show. It's this big show. Like everything in this world right now is supposed to be about having fun and entertainment and pleasure. As if that's all there was to life. And if you don't have those things, that somehow you're failing. And it's a lie. You're going to see it. This is, <clears throat> this is the first week of the NFL. They're part of the show too. And I think that more and more people are catching on that a lot of people are part of this show in the entertainment industry. And that we are being lied to. That there is so much more to life. I sometimes hear people say that they, they like to hear my homilies because I'm entertaining. That's not why you should be here. You should be here because you're being fed. Not entertained. God, God offers us a new narrative today. A new vision for life in the second reading. And his vision is the commandments. That's his law. His way of living. The problem is, is that, I don't know about you, but I think if you had the, ask the average nominal Christian to explain the Ten Commandments, you might get it best that they're sort of these arbitrary imposed restrictions on all of us. Stopping us from having a good time. In some way, ruining our lives. Holding us back. But God's law is not arbitrary. It's not like the government. It's not like our parents. God, we are told by John in his gospel, is love. Through and through. Therefore, his law can only come from love and lead to love. These commandments are not restrictions. They're a way of living. And when you live according to them, when you teach your families to live according to them, when they're at the center of who you are and what you're about, you become a person of love. That's the point of them, not to hold us back, to free us. And I know the Lord is saying, Don't do these things. Yes, there are these do's and don'ts. Don't do these things. I know that they're alluring. I know that they look like they lead to life. And they're fun. The problem is long term. Long term. What are they going to do to you? And that's where the Lord is saying, listen to me. Not to that voice. You know, there's, there's always a danger, I think, in, in teaching catechesis. We tell our kids to memorize the commandments. 
I think the danger in that is that you don't get the context of what God is trying to say. For example, honor thy father and thy mother, right? Everybody's heard that. You know why? It's, it's one of the commandments that comes with a promise. Anybody? Honor your father and your mother because or for? Nope. True, but that's not, what, that's not the context of the scripture. For you will have a long life in the land I am giving you. What's the first commandment? What? Nope. That's, that's good, though. We're on the right track. What was that? Right, good. That's the first one. Don't love. I am the Lord your God. You shall have no strange gods before me. That's right. And that was taught. But that doesn't give the context. This is the context. Because we've got to remember, the Jews were in Egypt for 430 years, right? And they weren't on vacation. They were slaves. They were slaves in Egypt twice as long just about as we've been a country. God comes to them and dramatically releases them from slavery. And the first commandment says this. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, that place of slavery. Therefore, do not have strange gods before me. It's, why is that important? Because God is basically saying, if I wanted you to be slaves, I would have left you there. Why did I pull you out of Egypt? For freedom. For life. So follow me. Listen to me. Don't just throw these things to the wind. These didn't just plop into Moses' lap and then he gave them to the Israelites and they gave them to the world. God gave them to us to free us. So why don't you and I follow him better? God said to Mother Teresa many years ago, This people does not love me because they do not know me. He could have also said, these people don't trust me because they don't know me. They think my laws are arbitrary, restrictive, that they will ruin their good time. When in fact, I give them to enhance and beautify their life and ultimately to lead them to freedom. But we buy into the lie, the immediate, the gratification, the pleasure, the entertainment. I learned this story in a very difficult way when I was younger. <clears throat> that laws are there to protect us, and ultimately God's law is there to free us. I lived in Mexico for six months, and down there, I call it my BC life. Before conversion, I was an idiot. I really was. I lived life the way I wanted to, did things on my time. It was all about me. My parents thought I was studying Spanish, as did North Dakota State University. 
But I, in fact, was living the dream of the show. While we were down there, we went to a little beach town called Puerto Angel on the Pacific coast. Puerto Angel was a very, very poor little beach town. It didn't have any electricity, but it had an incredible beach. And it was really cheap. So we went there for Easter break. And while we were there, we were walking back from the beach one night. And we walked past this little tiny restaurant. And in this restaurant it said, lobsters two for one. And I said, two for one? That, and they were like the equivalent of five American dollars. And I'm like, who wouldn't want that? And so I'm like, let's go eat there. And the guys, that we, were, we were also living with these guys from, they were Mexicans from Mexico. Like, <laughs> they were really from Mexico, you know? I mean, all Mexicans are from Mexico. But the point is, is that they lived in Mexico. So they knew their country. Now they said to us, don't eat there. And I said, but I want to eat there. And they said, I understand that. Don't eat there. I'm like, but it's two for one. It's $5 for two whole lobsters. I haven't had lobster in a really long time. And they said, we understand that. We're telling you, don't eat there. And I'm like, this is just ridiculous. Why not? And they're like, because what do you need to keep seafood fresh? And I'm like, ice. Everybody knows that. And they're like, good. And how do you make ice? And they said, a freezer. And how do you make a freezer run? And I was like, Elect- electricity. And they said, what do they not have in this town? And I'm like, whatever. They probably have them like, in a tank back there, like Red Lobster. They're just going to pull them out and fry them. They're like, look, you can do whatever you want. We're not eating here. They left. We went in. And I ate lobster. It was beautiful. Sat up on this little terrace. Pacific winds blowing in my face. Corona, butter, lobster. It was amazing. Went back that night. Came home. Met up with them. They had gone and had some tacos or something. And I was like, dude, you guys totally missed out. And they're like, okay, I guess we missed out. Because there's no electricity. It was dark, so we went to bed. And that night I slept with the angels. Belly full of lobster. Until about two or three in the morning. And I woke up. And I remember laying in my bed and my sheets were soaking wet and I was like what happened and then all of a sudden I was like wow am I hot like I couldn't I was so I was running I had to be running like 105 degree fever I couldn't see my head was so hot and I realized that why the bed was soaking wet was sweat and I sat up on the edge of the bed and I'm like shaking. Now I'm too, you know, the cold and hot. Now I'm cold. And I'm like, what is happening to me? And all of a sudden, my guts just wrenched. I mean, like, it felt like somebody grabbed them and started stabbing them with a knife. To the point that I was like buckled over and I couldn't breathe. And I'm trying to shout for help, but I can't make any noise. And all of a sudden they just, it was like this, poo, and they let go, and I was just like, and I look over and Joe's still sleeping fine. And I'm like, what's happening to me? And then all of a sudden, there was this noise in my innards. It was like this. 
And I knew I had about 10 seconds before I exploded. And I ran as fast as I could to the bathroom, jumping like mid-air, trying to get there in time, and just barely making it. And I'm not kidding you, like literally, hopefully this isn't too graphic at this time in the morning, but I was literally, and I'm not making this up, just like, "Ah!" you know, like, like I never knew the human being could do things like this. Like, I felt like I was gonna get, you know, like there was so much force that I was gonna lift off the toilet seat. It was awful, and it just went on and on, and, and then all of a sudden it stopped, like I had this brief reprieve, and all of a sudden I was like, Whoa. and I turned around, and I began to throw up into the place where I was just going to the bathroom. And it went on and on, I mean, puking, pooping, puking, pu- to the point where you're like, how much is in the human body? And then finally I'm sitting there, again a brief reprieve from this hell, and the door flies open, and Joe, my buddy, is like, and I mean, he runs at me, and ejects me off the toilet, <laughs> and goes through his whole thing. <laughs> I don't know what happened after that. All I know is that both of us woke up on the bathroom floor and it looked like a bomb had gone off. (laughs) And five Mexican men were standing over us, smiling. (laughs) Said, how was the lobster? (laughs) Now there is a point to this story. The point is this. In this story, the Mexicans represent God. They know their country. They live there. They have restrictions. Don't eat there. When they were saying that, were they trying to ruin our lives? No, they were trying to save our lives. Were they trying to ruin our good time? No, they were trying to enhance our good time later on. And for the record, how did the lobster taste? Good. It was amazing, but it wasn't worth it. Long term, it destroyed me. This is what God wants you to know. He wants to free you, to make you into the best version of yourself, to be a man or a woman of love. That's why the commandments are there. Pope Benedict XVI once said this, and I'll close with this. If we let Christ into our lives, we lose nothing, absolutely nothing of what makes life free, beautiful, and great. Only in this friendship are the doors of life opened wide. Only in this friendship is the great potential of human existence truly revealed. Only in this friendship do we experience beauty and liberation. Do not be afraid of Christ. He takes nothing away from you and gives you everything. I am a testament to that. I thought he was ruined lives. He has made my life so beautiful 
and free. May the Lord bring healing in all of us to our understanding of who He is and what He wants to give us. May He help us to see the path that leads to life and that His law gives life. And may we have the courage to live it.